Great stories have great beginnings. The stories you remember, you most certainly remember how they begin. As an example, some classic literature. Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. Right? It was the worst, or it was the best of times, and then it was the worst of times. Uh, Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451 simply begins, it was a pleasure to burn. Now, if you want to go a little more uh, modern, uh, great stories don't have to be in great books. They can be on the screen as well. And anytime you hear space, the final frontier, you know you're getting in to a good story. Or simply looking across the screen at these little blue words a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. And I've grabbed the younger attention, so. Great stories have great beginnings. And paying attention to the stories, the stories we get into, the stories that kind of envelop around us, the stories that we can't help but pay attention to or read the good book we can't put down, the movies we always go back to, they grab our attentions from the very, very beginning. And the Gospel of John does exactly this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. From the very first sentence of this fantastic story becomes these encapulating, uh, this, uh, this encapulating sentence that grabs us, but also tells us exactly what we're getting ourselves into. Much like what we know what we're getting ourselves into with a great sci-fi movie, a Star Wars or even Star Trek, or getting into a great book that grabs our attention from the very beginning, we know from the start where we're going, or at least where we think we're going. And John does that. This morning, I want to put ourselves in John chapter 1 and a little bit in John chapter 3. The verses, the text will be on the screen behind me. You can also find this morning's message in the YouVersion Bible app under More Events Heritage Church of Christ if you'd like to do that here this morning. This morning we begin a new message series. We're going to spend a lot of time over the next three months in the Gospel of John The Gospel of John is the fourth gospel, the fourth story of Jesus Christ, the fourth book of the New Testament. And unlike Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John tells the Jesus story in a different way, from a different perspective. John gives us insights into Jesus and into the ministry of Jesus that Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't give us. John gives us a story from the very first sentence of his story of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is going to take us down a, a, a road or a journey into a journey that maybe we don't anticipate. John's going to take us into the, not just the ministry of Jesus Christ, but into the life of Jesus Christ. And he needs us to know from the very beginning 
The word that you are about to read is the word that you are about to experience from the beginning was with God, and not only that, was God, and He created all things. John wants us to hearken back to Genesis chapter 1. He wants us to begin this story outside of a birth, outside of time, outside of a place, and he wants us to go back to where it all began when God simply speaks creation into existence. Because to understand this Jesus Christ, to which we are going to attempt to understand through the Gospel of John, you must begin where it all began. And to know that more is to know that in the beginning, this word that John says in John chapter 1, verse 1, this word was there with him. That in the beginning of all things, it wasn't Jesus came, came along eventually. It was Jesus was there from the start. He was there in the beginning. And this story begins this way. This great beginning immediately builds a context. It immediately builds a vision for where this story is going to go. And this word to which we will open up over and over and over again over these next several weeks, and this word to which I hope you will open up on your own over and over and over again over these next several weeks, this word points to one thing in particular. To the most important thing, the Word. The Word that was there in the beginning. The Word that was with God. And the Word that, well, is God. Um, it's amazing how many uh, signposts there are. There are hundreds of signposts. Hundreds. And signposts, anywhere you travel, anywhere you go, signposts, give you information or they'll give you direction or they'll warn you against something and signposts have this very this this simple meaning that as you are traveling you quickly can decipher what is ahead or what you need to know in an instant they are signposts there for you to know where you are, where you're going, what's happening, or what you need to pay attention to as you move along down the road. And this Gospel of John journey that we are about to partake in, that we are about to move together through as a church, is filled with the signposts. John is filled with these signposts, these quick glimpses, these symbols that remind us, that show us, that tell us, that warn us, that bring to light what is ahead in our journey. And so over these next several weeks, what I want to do is I want to pay attention to these signs. I want us to read the Gospel of John, the story that begins with the Word that was there in the beginning and was with God, but more than that, was God. And I want us to pay attention to the signs. Look at the symbols, because John is filled with symbolic language. 
Now, this isn't to say Matthew, Mark, and Luke are not filled with symbolic language, but John is riddled with it. John is filled with it. John is the different gospel for a reason, and John wants you. He gives us these signs along the way of the story of this word that was there from the very beginning. It gives us info. These signs will give us direction. These signs will warn us to give us safety. They will point us in the right direction, but they will also locate us this very day. And these are signs worth paying attention to. And I want us to do that beginning this morning. But very quickly, I want to point out what these signs are, because we're going to see a lot of them over these next several weeks. We'll begin this morning with the sign of light. Light. And I'll read some text out of light here in just a moment, particularly in John 1 and John chapter 3. But there's also the sign of water. Jesus says in John chapter 4 verse 13, Everyone who drinks this water, he's referring to himself, or, or, or water of the well will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them, speaking of himself, will never thirst again about the symbol or the sign of bread? Jesus simply declares in the Gospel of John, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never go hungry again. John 6, 35. But there's also a sign for vision or sight. That Jesus, and John in particular, as he writes the story, is concerned about how we see and the vision that we have in our lives today. John 9, verse 39. For judgment, Jesus says, I've come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Jesus wants us to have a vision unlike anything else that we are accustomed to in this world. But there's also the sign of kingship. Jesus is most certainly, undoubtedly, without question in the Gospel of John, the king of all people. And that begins in John chapter 1, verse 1. When you understand the word to which you open and the word to which you pay attention to in this particular story is there with God, but more than that, is God. He is our King. And there's crucifixion. This sign of crucifixion. What we just celebrated and declared together, remembered through our time at the Lord's Supper here this morning, when Jesus simply says in John 19, verse 30, it is finished. Was the culmination of God with us, the Word with us, the Word being amongst us, coming to the cross so that we would always be there with Him. And then lastly, there's the sign of resurrection. The tomb was empty after that crucifixion, and the crucifixion makes no sense, or it 
real to the world makes all sense, but the crucifixion has no teeth, no meaning without the empty tomb that comes the very next day or three days later. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples in John chapter 20, verse 18, and she said to the disciples, after going to the tomb and seeing that the crucified Savior had not been there, she said, I have seen the Lord. And it's important for us to pay attention to these signs because the Word was there in the beginning and the Word was with God and the Word was God and this Word points to all these great truths. The Word points us. It directs us. It warns us. It locates us. Because John is all about you and me believing. The end of the gospel, John chapter 20, verse 31. John writes at the end of his gospel story, these are written, this book is written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in His name. And so that's our goal. That's my hope. That as we move through this gospel, as we plant ourselves in this place, we pay attention to the signs. That we look at where we're at and where we're going, and we look to the signs to which John points us in his story of Jesus Christ. But more than that, we take John's purpose as our purpose to believe. And wherever you may find yourself in this place at this time, wherever you may, however you may describe your relationship with God, non-existent to man, we are so close. Wherever you may fall into that, into that spectrum, John writes a story for you and I to pay attention to the word that was there in the beginning that was God, to pay attention to that word, to open that word quite literally up and to see the word in action, to pay attention to those signs. And so that, without reservation, so that we would be people that believe more deeply, more wholly, That we would be people who look at the Word and those signs and we say that is the Son of God. That is the Word. And that's why all of these symbols opened up. This great story has a great beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And that Word was with God and that Word was God. Now John continues, and I want to pick up in verse 2 and read through 5 here. John continues because this great story, this great beginning to a great story, sets the stage and the tone. It gives us purpose into where we're going. It shows us what is ahead because this word is God amongst us. And he continues. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4. In him was life. And that life 
was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness will not overcome it. So, there's a story maybe you can relate to. Story of a man. You would look at his life and his actions and you would say, he is a godly man who does godly things. A good person doing good things. An outstanding citizen, if you will. This particular man gave his life to God. He followed and believed and tried his best to do godly type things. But there was a part of his life that he kept apart from God. This man, he had a room. and he, This is how he visualized it. He had a room. And it wasn't that he was trying to keep the room a secret from God. He knew God would know about the room, but he wasn't letting God in the room. That he was going to keep God out of that, and he was going to indulge himself with his own personal room. Now, as life goes on, and you and I have experienced this at different points and different things, life hits us at different points, harder at different times. The man grew more weary, frustrated. He lacked joy in his life. And as time went on, he realized that the room to which God was never allowed to in his life was overtaking the rest of the house, if you will. He realized that the room that he kept separate and away from God was a room filled with darkness. There was no light, and that darkness was quite literally seeping out into other parts of his life. And when the man thought of it this way, he went and he prayed. He got on his knees and he prayed to God to take the key to the room and to open it up and to expose it. And the story that I read about this particular man, he, when I read the story, had no name, describes his, his prayer on his knees before God, crying before the Father. Coming to this realization that he hadn't given his entire life to God and that the darkness of the room was seeping through, was controlling the rest of the house. And when he prayed for God to take the key, he says, God didn't take the key. God ripped the door out and he put a window there so that light would expose it. And John begins his gospel story in this manner. The Word was there, and He was with God, and He was God through the very beginning of all time. And that Word that was there in the very beginning didn't come to destroy what was there. He came to shine His light. He wasn't going to come take control of your room or your house. He was going to come and to expose it with the light that is Jesus Christ. He was coming into this world with purpose. He was coming into this world to shine the light of life into this world. And that's why in John chapter 3, 
perhaps the most famous verse of the entire gospel, Jesus can say, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world but to, to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. That this idea of God's saving power goes all the way back to the very beginning where the Word was with God in the beginning, and that Word was the light of life who came into His own creation. That light came to put a window into the darkness so that we might see the love that came through Christ on the cross and have eternal life. That the light might shine in the darkness not sweep it under the rug, not take it away, but expose it. That's the God. The word of the beginning of this story. Now John 3 continues. Verse 18. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Verse 21. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that they have, what they have done and what has been done has been done in the sight of God. Light doesn't simply expose the darkness. That is one magnificent trait of light. It exposes darkness. It brings to light, literally, darkness that is surrounding us. But light has a much deeper purpose. It points to God. And it points to a godly life. The Word that was there in the beginning and was with God and was God is the same God who came into this world to save all people through His Son so that people might have eternal life. And it's that God who doesn't condemn. It's that God, it's that Word who shows us the light of life through His life. And He points not to the darkness or to the exposure of darkness. He points to a God who is here with us and a God to which we, in the light ought to live for this very day. There was a man walking down the street. He saw a child at the corner. And he had a little mirror and he was taking the sun and he was reflecting it into a window at a house across the street. And the man approached the child and said, Son, what are you doing? He said, well, my brother's been sick for a long time and he's not allowed to leave his room, so I'm trying to get him a little sun in his room right over there. And I think that's what Jesus has done. 
that he knows darkness so easily overcomes us. He knows darkness is the default. It is the easy position for us to be in. And he takes a little mirror and he takes the light because he knows that the light will not simply expose the darkness. It'll give it purpose. And this is where the light calls us to live. To be children with mirrors exposing every window that is before us. To live in the truth, not someday. To not hope for heaven, but to live heaven today. This darkness can overcome us. It can take us down. But the light of the truth of the one that has come into this world can point us and push us and move us into new directions. Think of it this way as well. It's like a sunrise. You've experienced, you've seen a sunrise. Sunrises quite literally expose the darkness. And we think of darkness as scary often. There's real danger in darkness. When we can't see, we get a little timid. The same is true spiritually. When we allow darkness or a dark room, if we allow a place where God cannot go, we lose purpose and sight. We become timid and reluctant, and maybe we won't move forward. But the sunrise, the sun comes up, it exposes that darkness, but have you ever thought about how the sun also points the way? It shows us where to go. It exposes the darkness, but it points to more, and it shines purpose that can only be found in God. It disrupts darkness. But it guides us. It's more than a light. It's a map. It's more than a, than a symbol. It is a sign that points to life. And in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus was speaking to the people, and Jesus simply says this in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in John 12, Jesus says, I've come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Life in the light makes eternal choices today. And this is where I want to end. Here's the hard truth. And maybe some of us need to be reminded of this. And maybe some of us need to hear this for the first time. But you don't get to choose God one time. You don't get to choose God one time. You see, when we fall into this false trap that, you know what, 
I made the choice. I died to him in the waters of baptism and I've been raised a new life. That's the choice that I've made. And we don't live out that choice with more choices in the light every day at every moment. When we don't hearken back to the waters of baptism, when we don't look and live in the light, when we don't make the choice to be in the truth of light every single day, darkness creeps in. And God so loved you that He sent the Word of light into this world to die for you. And the light of life doesn't want to condemn you. He doesn't want to throw you away. He doesn't want to just say, well, chalk that one up. He wants to save you. God is here and He is amongst you and He is with you because the light of life is here this very day. Because He has declared this day that I am the light of the world. The Word that was there in the very beginning of all creation. He says, I am the light of the world and I am here for you so that you will believe and that you will be with me, that you will not stray towards the darkness. And that choice, a choice has to be made every day. Here's what I believe in. Here's what I'm convinced of. That when we make the choice, when we choose to live not only in the light, but for the light, we'll bring a little bit of heaven wherever we go. Goodness and graciousness, joy and love, all the qualities And all the signs that point to Jesus Christ Himself will follow us. And that's an eternal choice that can be made right now. And I don't know where you are, and I don't know what you are thinking. I don't know where you may put yourself in your relationship with God, but I know this, that if we continue to allow darkness to rule over us, darkness will take over us. And wherever you may be today, I want you to know that this is a church and these are people in this room that will care for you, love on you, that will wrap their arms around you in light because their Savior, our Savior, your Savior died for you. The light of life doesn't condemn you. He saves you. And that's a light worth living for. I'm going to make myself available in the back of this cafeteria. There's any needs of any kind. If this church can be with you, help you. If this church can be with you and help expose the darkness to live eternal choices today, come find me. I'll be right back there during the singing of this song. Let's stand together and let's sing.